0: Welcome to Wild Game Dynasty's podcast platform, folks. Episode 115, we're sitting down with Greg Campo of GMK Logging and Whitetail Deer Habitat Management. I added that last bit because I know that's at least half of his business. Hey, Greg's a a modest individual, but hey, get him stirred up. He's got a message to tell. And today's one of those days. We did a podcast with him uh, several, several months ago, and well, we talked about it, that he, we need to uh, revitalize this uh, next visit. Today is the day. So, hey, without further ado, let's roll right into podcast episode 115 with uh, Greg off script. All right, let's roll. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Wild Game Dynasty's podcast platform. This is Gary Morgan. Hey, I know it's uh, yeah it's been kind of a goofy winter, and... Here, deer season has passed us, but really, for a lot of people, they might be looking outside and seeing green grass and wondering, you know, we need some snow, whatever it is, whatever else it is. But I tell you what, there are people out there, not many, but there are people out there, whether they have snow on the ground, green grass on the ground, um, it really doesn't matter. They're going to uh, forge forward, and it's a year-round commitment to do uh, whitetail or we'll call it critter habitat uh uh, development because uh, deer are part of the uh, you know the system out there. They're not the only uh, critters out there. but hey, without uh, getting into an area that I have no expertise at, uh, we have a uh, we have a guest in our studio today and we had him here about a year ago and uh, because of uh, you know, such a feed uh, strong feedback from people wanting him to come back, uh, Greg Compo, Greg Compo from GMk. Login is here. Hey, Greg, I really appreciate you stopping by.
1: Good to see you again, Gary.
0: Good. Hey, I um, when I you came to the door, I recognized you. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't answer it. I thought it was some bill collector, tax collector. So, uh, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, hey, when I seen you, I thought, oh, we get to talk deer hunting.
1: Perfect. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we uh, we talked last time. I you know I kind of re, uh, redone our, uh, our notes from last time, and I was reviewing that in my mind, and I had not realized what efforts some people go through to uh, to redo a piece of property, we'll say, to make it not just a wonderful piece of property, but you know, just that, uh, I'll call it world-class uh, uh, deer hunting, but what's good for the deer is also good for so many different animals.
1: Yeah, it really does. It uh, You're creating habitat and uh, everything. If you If you enjoy nature, you're going to see more squirrels more deer more turkeys it's just uh it's you're opening up an envelope of success that's what i like to say
0: yeah absolutely i i remember having a podcast with you of course then we uh we met again at a deer seminar up
1: in millersburg area correct and had a few other guests of course we had uh well, we'll call him Doctor John, right? Doctor John and uh, Tony Polk and his wife Wendy. It's great people. Yeah. Um. Shout out to them. Thanks yeah. again. Their their products are wonderful and they're really easy to work with. So, yeah,
0: that was a a really a eye opener and a treat for me to listen to uh, all of you give your uh, portion of your expertise. Uh, all wrapped up in one, we actually got to see some food plots and some uh, habitat improvements that took place uh, yeah. that you spent a lot of time on.
1: Yeah, the, I think you got to go in one of our berm blinds. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, um, it, it's really taken off, Gary, um, and enjoying it. Uh, there's a lot to it that people don't know. They just hear a berm, and, and the way they, they think of a berm is it's going to cage everything in. But yeah, you can't cage these animals only with high wire. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, your berms really—it's not like you bermed the entire eighty acres or forty acres. You're, okay. you're doing a just a segment of the
1: uh, of the food plot area that yeah. you've developed out in the woods. On that setup, that particular setup that we're talking about is you came up like the main road, which everybody, yeah. most of your eighties and forties in Michigan. The old timers put the road right up through the middle. Yeah. And that's your access, Mm -hmm. you know, and over time, this is how things have evolved. I just didn't lay in bed and make this up. I've been been on a lot of properties, Oh and that really helps. Yeah, But nobody really thought, wow, I can't get in or get out of this road. I'm really big on that. I was in our last podcast getting in and out. But that particular setup, you came in behind on the main road. Yes. And it was set up for certain winds and this and that, but... You covered a lot of ground, and you can get in and get out. I, I know the landowner there videoed out of that blind and could not believe we had deer had deer five feet from them. They don't know that you're there. Wow. Because you didn't blow them out. Yeah. So
0: That is so important because uh, I remember uh, I did a podcast with, well, there's a lot of guys that understand deer hunting like yourself. I did one with a couple, three of them with John Ebert, and he always talks about your entrance and your exits are your most important in any hunting thing, and if you blow them out before you get there, or spook them and blow them out, uh, sure. you're on your on your way out of the, you know, it's got, you got dark, and you got to leave, and everybody thinks, oh, everything's good, I'm just going to scale down this tree, oh man, yeah. you know better than that. Yeah, absolutely,
1: you know, there's other things that go with this too, Gary, it's a, uh, you and I were talking earlier, um, I kind of want to touch on it, it's how the frustrations of Michigan hunting, and this is kind of goes along with my berm yeah um my clients have been doing really well and some of them haven't because they still haven't figured yeah they haven't figured out that they're bad michigan hunters and (laughs) and it's a it's a work in progress but to go back to these berm blinds and and getting in and getting out i mean uh, you and i talk my dad's 82 years old he doesn't get around woods like he used to yeah but i can get him in and out and he doesn't hurt anything yeah so That and and uh, but getting back to the frustrations. Well, I was uh, hoping you'd do that because if you weren't coming back, I was going to drive this. This frustration thing is really it's a it's a big deal, and I hear it because I'm amongst the hunters all the time. People ask questions, and they know I'm successful at what what we do here. But yeah, the biggest thing is the complaints I hear from most of the older hunters is it starts Mm -hmm. the guns start going off. Yeah, for the youth hunt. Yep. Nobody wants to talk about it. I was hoping you'd bring it up because, I again, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Right. And we all look at it different ways. So, for me, personally, I don't want to be the bad guy, but it needs to be addressed. Yep. You can only pressure an animal so long. Yeah. Now, I don't care if you have the best setup in the world. If you keep firing off lead. Yep. <laughs> from the get-go.
0: Oh, yeah. These... So, let's pretend, Greg, let's pretend right now that... The DNR's Wildlife Division Chief is sitting here with us, and he said, Hey, Greg, tell me, tell me what, what we need to address. Give me your top two or top three items on the youth hunt and what things we can do to modify it without discouraging the youth. And then he's going to look at you and, and kind of shove that piece yeah. of paper and pencil and say, Write them down, I'll take them back, and I'm, we're going to do some uh, studies on this.
1: So this, this is, these are, let's point out the bad and the, and the good. The yep. good is, these young people that are, we're bringing into our sport, yeah. they need to learn how to shoot an animal, take care of the animal. You bet. And I'm good with that. My son did it, my friends' sons do it, my friends' daughters do it, and we're all about it. Mm-hmm. The problem with this is, we're giving them the best hunt of the season, and we're taking some really nice bucks out of the equation. They aren't breeding anymore. And we start the nocturnal process with it. Yep. So talking with the hunters that I talk to, they would prefer, they, they're fine with the youth hunt, so am I. But I say, let's help the farmers out and shoot some does. You Make bet. it a doe hunt. Make it straight across the board a doe hunt. What I've seen is some of these young men and women, once they shoot that 130-inch, they never go back in the woods again. So what, are we, what kind of example are we setting with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, these, these are the things, and I, mm-hmm. I'm not a pro, I'm not against, but these are our feelings, and we need to talk about it. Everybody needs to talk about it. Does it make you a bad person if you let your son or daughter shoot 130-inch? No, no, but what are we teaching them? Yeah, I agree. So
0: everybody, everybody's going to have a comment. Yeah, you're going to have people that say, hey, I have my own property. Why are you trying to tell me what to do on my own property? Well, th- if we pick up a hunting digest, we're told how to hunt on our own property right through that digest. I mean, the rules are there. We just can't go out and go helter-skelter. Sure. So what are you saying on a shifting side of things? If we're going to shift gears
1: without scaring away the youth. right. So this this is about the frustrations though, and this is where it starts. That's my point with this with the youth hunt. So we, we go then into another hunting season with guns mm-hmm. for for injured people. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, we all ha- we have to. Yeah, our service people, and I'm all for that too. The liberty again. This I'm trying to explain the frustrations of hunters though. So by the time we get to gun season. The intrusion of people in the woods, the guns going off. The week before gun season, everybody oh, yeah. comes up and start, fights their, fires the rifles off 20 times. Yeah. What are we telling everybody? What are we telling the deer? So then, if it, it's been a Michigan thing. If you don't get your buck the first two days, you might as well just go home, right? I hear that all the time. Oh, man, for I, sure. I hear that all the time. But this goes back to my system. I have really good clients that don't fire their guns up they go to the gun club yeah they don't do it on their property they don't let their cousin that came in from detroit or ohio to shoot their gun you got to be ready to do it that are shooting those nice big bucks that we're targeting seventh eighth ninth day of the gun season but then from there in certain counties which i'm in these counties bay aranac gladwin this is where we hunt this year we go right into another rifle season, all the way to the end. Yeah, we're shooting them. The hunters are shooting them right to January first with rifles. Well, it by never this, stops. By the time you add up all these
0: hunts, it used to be ninety days or three months. It's exceeded that. By the time you put your uh, yeah. your hunts that we first talked about, the youth and right. the liberty in, into uh, September.
1: So here's another one. Not only is it starting September with the youth hunt. This is another touchy subject. <laughs> We're going to go to it. The farmers are getting permits, and I just happen to be in a farming community, and the guns are going off all summer. Absolutely. And I understand both sides of it. We need somehow to figure it out. Yeah. I'm not throwing the farmers under the bus. they got to make a living, too. Yep. Yeah. But me being in the woods all the time, working on customers' properties that adjoin the farmer's field... There's carcasses all over. Yeah. Wait a minute. They didn't all get hit by a car and run in your woods. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So this is a touchy, touchy subject, and we had a real big one this summer. Now we're finding bucks laying in the fields. Oh, boy. And the DNR were contacted. I talked with the two officers. I don't know. Rumor has it now the case has been dropped because they can't prove that the farmer shot it. Yeah. He had 15 guys on his shooting list. So which one did it? They're all innocent, right? Yeah. But the person that paid us a lot of money to set their property up that adjoining joined this property, he's out 11 deer that he possibly could have shot. So oh, absolutely. See, the frustration is there. I don't know all the ins and outs, and I have a lot of farming friends. I talked to one before I came here, and he's all about he wants to wring my neck because I'm talking about farmers. You know, <laughs> hey, I don't understand it all. Yeah, I don't know the damage that they go through. I can't. So if somebody wanted to come on and talk to you about it, one of the farmers, that's that's fine. Everybody has their say. Yeah, I'm not against that. I'm just trying to find a way that we can. Oh, help absolutely.
0: Them I'm looking at this, Greg, too, from my perspective. I mean, like yourself, you you make a lot of contacts with hunters, landowners. It might be somebody that doesn't do a ton of deer hunting, but they want to improve their property. Um, Somebody bought a piece of property, and they're looking at it, and they say, you know, how can this become a better place? Well, you have that recipe, and it may just be that they want more wildlife there for whatever the reason. But um, it is difficult when you take 10 people, we'll say, from 10 different uh, perspectives. Some are farmers, some are just maybe not farming, but they're still a landowner. Somebody might own 10 acres, some might own 1,010 acres. Everybody has an opinion. Well, um, I think too is the fact that the deer management in Michigan probably hasn't been its best. And maybe it's a product of some decisions in Lansing. I think it has been. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't know all the answers. Probably you and I together can come up with a few that others can too, but we definitely know there needs to be some changes. And there's a reason why people every deer season go to Ohio, go to Illinois, go to Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, seem like everywhere else, but stay home and hunt. Yeah. Yet we've got some of the best land available for deer habitat. Some areas is better than others. Some areas is is uh, the QDMA, we'll call it, and some areas aren't. It just seems like we're at a helter-skelter thing, and um, but we know that we're just sitting right on the edge to some huge improvements in our deer hunting and our, our habitat improvement, which go hand in hand, but we're, we're just, we're, we're holding on. It's like that I don't want to call anybody that monkey because that's a bad term, but it's like the monkey that reaches into a jar, grabs a hole of that that piece of meat, that cookie or whatever it is, and his hand won't come back out, right. but he'll be damned to let this son of a bitch and cookie go, <laughs> but he's stuck in the jar. Sure. I don't know if there's somebody out there that really gets pissed off at that last comment that I just made. Well, I apologize for maybe... Pissing you off, but I'm not apologize for making the comment because it's true. Do I need to uh, improve my practices? Hell yeah. yeah. So we're we're all in this together, but I sure wish that it was that that yeah. we were all in this together, not isolated with uh, different uh, uh, situations out there, and everybody's kind of managing their own thing for themselves. Because uh, boy, we could all all greatly improve on this thing. I mean, we got people that would love to improve their habitat they could lease some of their property to some people that would love to hunt sure and um uh, you know and then and, and that it would relieve the farmers maybe uh let I them have, pay some taxes
1: i have suggested a few things to some of the farmers yeah you know, like just take our area for example um it's it's a big farming community
0: at northern bay uh, yeah southern internet county uh you know that area absolutely yeah. so
1: and it's got really good habitat and and landowners it's Man, landowners I, that have log they're yeah. creating habitat well, i gotta
0: interrupt i go up 75 an awful lot and i see right around that sagatu or Saganine river thank you and i look at that and say holy smokes this looks like it'd be
1: fantastic
0: yeah. and that's where we're talking that kind of this
1: is where we're talking that area let's for say you know yeah. there's uh you can see it right from the highway oh yeah if you go across that river we logged that years back really and there's a uh, young guy i met him uh, he's a really nice man and he's all about deer hunting yeah and he he is leasing that so the farmer's making some money from leasing his woods and he's shooting the deer from it so if you look in there it's it's amazing
0: yeah it looks like it should be it is but you know what you go up 75 just take the corridor there's many of those hot spots, yeah. and then you look at—I mean, I go to the UP and I look at—oh, golly, I hate to even admit that we're hunting uh, some counties that are probably right at the bottom. We still shoot some fantastic deer, so it takes—it takes, it takes the, the the you know so the know how to scout properly. Yeah. But it seems like we're looking for uh, needles and haystacks. It's a whole
1: different world up there.
0: Oh, it is. But even yeah. even here, I mean. Needles and haystacks. Are we looking for the the 130, 140? If we're looking to harvest some wonderful mature or mature whitetails, are we just meat hunting? I think that both both of those can be together yeah, and same. satisfy the the same you know yeah. group of people. Whether one guy wants to shoot a 150 or one guy just wants to shoot a buck with some venison, but that buck with some venison might be, you know. A wonderful buck. Anyways, Yeah. we'll see if he doesn't care about it or not. But if he doesn't, that's
1: okay. But, boy, it seems like we could all be on the same page. It's very hard to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, it is. You know, we we are, this is going to upset some people. I get it. I understand yeah. that. But I get upset, too. Yeah. And I'm in this not just to enjoy it and yeah. make money, but I have people come to me all the time, and they want to know why. So yeah. I'm telling you why. Yeah and a lot of it's on yourself as yeah. the hunter, you know, that like Eberhardt, getting in and getting out. Yeah. It's not that's not a that's something we all make mistakes at. So yeah. we're coming up with resolutions for that, so there's no reason why we can't solve the the summer permits. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the state can change the youth hunt to shoot some does to help, you know, I'm just saying. I've to thrown out some ideas. Yeah, wouldn't
0: it be nice so if uh, if maybe uh, some farmers lobbied the politicians to maybe there are laws in place but if they're afraid of liability etc giving some people some permission to hunt those properties and in really dictating saying hey you've got to shoot those only well instead of having only the sharpshooter go out there and shoot uh, 50 to 100 deer and um and have it done that way where what happens if that property is open up for some youth hunts sure um, you know, there seems even, to be some real simple solutions yeah. that just are not being uh,
1: considered. I give you, a, I'll give you an example. Of what what we're doing with our local farmer, my neighbor, neighboring mm-hmm. farmer that works with me. Um, so he farms it and leaves it for us, mm-hmm. which we pay him yeah. to do that. And in turn, we're keeping the herd numbers down because yeah. we're we're on that property and we're, and we're taking getting our meat. Yeah. So, filling our tags. And yep. he likes it because it's on the perimeter, let's say, of the woods. Yeah. And nothing, the sun blocks it. It doesn't get much crop there anyways. But they, they blame it on the deer for eating it all. Well, if you're a field hunter and the deer comes out, they usually run to the middle. Yeah, the highest part of the field. Or <laughs> anybody ever think about that? Why do they do that? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that, Gary? Not they, really. Okay. But... Well, this is what they do. They don't sit on the outer edge and just walk down it and pull it out like yeah. a turkey does when you plant corn. Right. <laughs> okay. It's a different animal. They go to the high spot so they can see for the predators. Yeah. See what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're being targeted. So. Yeah they want nobody ever really says they don't want to go out there and be food food yeah. for something else either absolutely yeah so I'd like I just like to see it that you know basically we can all get along and work together yeah. I'm willing I'm willing to pay the farmer oh absolutely for my this is what we do yeah I understand that there's crop damage yep and everybody's got to eat I, I totally understand it but we're finding carcasses this is the problem. You cannot tell me, you can't tell me that they're not getting gut shot and they're running them off into the woods. We're yeah. just finding way too much.
0: Well, Gal, I mean, back in, in the day, and that might not have been that many years ago, that was a common practice that DNR promoted. Yes. And I remember as a, oh, Gal, I was probably 15 years old, and my brother-in-law was farming, and the CO come out to check his uh, deer that we had shot, and uh, we, my dad and me and my brother-in-law, we were on the list of, people that were authorized to shoot and um, he was pretty pissed off that we had uh, field dressed and brought those up to the barn he said you're supposed to leave them lay out there and I you know I knew that was not going to set well with either my brother-in-law or my dad sure. he said you're supposed to gut shot shoot them and let them run so they go back in the woods and they're they're Kyle bait you know they're coyote, every everything's got eaten I thought I know what's going to happen this is the last time we're coming out here because there's just no way yeah now i know that was back then but i don't i kind of wonder you know is that uh, still happening maybe off the books
1: as far as i understand it you get so many permits yeah okay this is what the my friends tell me and you're supposed to turn the head in now according to yes. how many person then you can get more yes that's all i can tell you yeah because i'm not that savvy i don't know all those laws that they do but for some reason like i'm going to repeat myself i keep finding all of these carcasses on my customers they're not shooting them absolutely we know who's shooting them yeah in return i know there's not a farmer here to stick up for the farmers right now and you can have one come in if you'd like yeah and we can argue this but that'd be a good one that would be you know and everybody has to have a comeback i get yeah. that but, but why am i finding all of this yeah you know it needs to be brought up we're bringing it up we're talking yeah. about it i'd like to see it resolved yeah from my standpoint i gotta make money too yeah and that's that's what i hear from the farmers we gotta make money we gotta eat well so do i and the person that's paying the taxes on the property that adjoins the field yeah. they're coming up to shoot their deer oh yeah and it's, it's not it, fair to them it could be so much better for all involved absolutely yeah. we got to come up with something
0: yeah uh, uh, an equation of how it can be how it can benefit the farmers the hunters the landowners the folks that just enjoy the wildlife to watch them and maybe right. not hunt them you know I got a buddy of mine that has an 80 acres and he has no interest in uh, hunting releases his ground out to be hunted only during November. And then he has a different person that is in the family that just wants to come up during muzzleload season and fill a couple of tags. And um, by the time the end of the season, you know, they've reduced the herd by a fair amount because he knows how many of those tags got punched. Um, he has them sign a waiver. And, uh, you know, he's come close to putting his property in the HAP program, but just, you know, kind of reserved. But he's doing something. Yeah. He's doing something because um, he says, hey, you know, those, it's, just, it's an inordinate amount of deer if we don't um, do something. And he says, I've got neighbors that don't have the uh, ability to uh, hunt other than state land, and they, you know, how that can be. This could be a win-win.
1: It very well could be. Easily a win-win. You talk about the hat program. I'd like to comment on it. Oh, you bet. Because I'm not. I'm not a fan of the hat program at all. Right. And I'm going to tell you why. Sure. One of the local farmers put his property in the hat program, and I I, didn't, I wasn't aware. Well, my property adjoins yeah. this particular field. <laughs> so I happened to be... Oh, the, uh, the, acti-
0: the activity all of a sudden picked uh, up. Yeah,
1: something happened where my deer weren't acting normal. Like they should be. and uh, So you do a little investigation, and I find trees skinned up oh, yeah. along the field. Well, I'm glad the farmer got a little money for doing this. Yep. Because, of course, it's alongside the woods. It's shaded. Yep. It's not his land, so he can't push the trees over to get the sun to the field so he yep. can grow something. So the state pays him, right? Yep. And Gary, you can go in there and hunt it. Put your name in there. You can go hunt. Yep. Well, guess what? There's no trees to hunt. Yeah. When somebody does shoot a deer and it runs into the private land, there's nobody to contact. No. They're just coming and going. Yes. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. Big problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. So we had to go to the farmer have a serious talk. Yeah. Because we're trying to... Promote the uh, the quality of the deer. The quality of deer. And yeah. if you're a hunter in Michigan, shoot what you're going to shoot. But we're trying, this is yeah. our objective, we're trying to shoot nice, mature yeah. whitetail. And most hunters are. Yeah. Well, it ends up that we have to pay, we we got it out of the hat program, and I'm happy for that. Yeah. And yeah. we're paying the farmer the same that the state yeah. was. Tit for tat. It's tit for tat. Now, yeah. I don't know, there... The sportsmen today, it's different. They don't know if, whose land that is. I mean, yeah. they, they should know, but they didn't ask to go skin my trees up and climb in and on out of it. Right, absolutely. They didn't care.
0: What are some, you know, you have, we're having a, a, a wonderful discussion on the frustrations of Michigan hunting, mainly deer hunting. Um, and we're trying to uh, spread that word out there. I don't think we have to uh, work too hard and... Uh, finding people that agree with us on this. And we may not agree on everything. That's that's the yeah. wonderful side of having a, a common bond. We don't have to agree on everything, but we agree on what bonds us together so we can lock arms on this. What do you think the next move should be for the average listener, the average person out there that shares our sentiments on the frustration side? We know there's a ton of them out there. So yeah. what would be the next move you would you think or we should at least consider doing, even if it's just... And incremental to finally yeah. get to the uh, finish so, line.
1: So, if you if I think if you belong to like a sportsman's club, mm-hmm. shooting range, whatever, get together with the people at the next meeting and maybe bring this up, mm-hmm. get everybody's feelings, expressions. You're gonna get somebody that's upset, yeah, and they're gonna holler. But let's just talk it out. Like for myself, I invite my neighbors over, I've had them over, yeah, in the garage. We've talked and we've agreed on you know quality deer management yeah. and then and then it backfires yeah somebody decided they didn't like to do that anymore but if we give up yeah that's all we did That's all we've done is we've yeah. got let's let's remind them and maybe yeah. go help them a little bit go show them a little bit if you know something everything doesn't have to be a secret no but to but get this, us all on the same page it's, yeah. it's very difficult but to let let your neighbors know that we're you're trying yep and if you just took my area mm-hmm. around my place and the properties we're talking about there's some guys on board and I mean they're really their walls are starting to fill up it's yeah. it's it's a good thing
0: I agree because if we do nothing it's no more than uh, the definition of insanity or you know it's Groundhog day again <laughs> right and here we'll be sitting down at this same these same uh, stools in our studio talking about the same thing again yeah but uh, and there's people all over the all over Michigan that uh, I think have, have the same feelings. Now at the same time is we know there's less, uh, you know, there the family unit doesn't contain three or four kids. There's one or two. Yeah. So we know that there are other distractions too, that cause the youth or, you know, other people not to take up hunting, to give it up, never give it a try. But, um, Maybe it has to do, a lot of it, with the fact that they don't want to go up on state land somewhere and see it, you know, orange everywhere they look. Uh, the dangers of that, the fun is gone. Um, they're seeing very few deer now. And it's really frustrating. I mean, I had a gentleman ask me, what would you do? And I said, if I had a youngster, whether it be my kid or I was taking my buddy's kid out, it would be difficult for me to take him out hunting and expect that kid, that youth, to really have a fun time. Yeah. Um, so we're we've lost probably as many as we even have. We yeah. I mean, used to be well over a million hunters. Now it's far below six hundred thousand. And so I don't think the you know the increase in deer numbers in all areas can solve the problem necessarily. But our methods our methods to uh, to appease or to make this an enjoyable hunt, certainly need to be changed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if that means uh, people have to make some concessions so that their neighbors down the road aren't uh, are enjoying themselves and and uh, you know finding the you know the the love of hunting that was once here in Michigan, uh, so be it. You know that's uh, yeah we all got to make some uh, some concessions. We all have to make some sacrifices. For the bigger good of things, yeah. and maybe that's where we're at. I think we are at that point.
1: There's a lot of really good people, and there's a lot of land landowners. And I'm not, I'm not degrading the farmers. I got a lot of good buddies that farm, yeah. and I work for the farmers too. You know, yep. and if they, if everybody can just talk about it a little bit more, it, yep. we can make this a really good yeah. hunting state. Yeah, we want. That's what everybody's striving for. You know, people are paying a lot of money. There's sure. an And there's an awful lot we can do,
0: Greg, without even asking the DNR to yeah. to get involved and, and be the
1: lead yeah. the way. I mean, we can do an awful lot all on our own. Absolutely. Now, that case I was talking about with the bucks being shot in the field, that yeah. really needs to be handled. Yeah, it does. And I'm not involved in the law, but there's so many people that are upset about that. Oh, you it, bet. That one rogue farmer has made it look really bad for a lot. Yeah. So this is... It, How'd this happen? Yeah. It's not supposed to happen, right? You know, this is what everybody loves hunting in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there's, it's what, what. how many people do it. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was a. It's still a pastime for most <laughs> yeah. people in Michigan. I mean, there's still that those schools that, if the opener of hunting deer gun season yes. lands on a school day, I remember that day was. Uh, so, you know, no, The school was closed that day.
1: That's a big day.
0: Yeah. And I remember asking the uh, the principal that. I jokingly said to him, I said, hey, Mr. Wyckoff, why are we closed? Because you guys wouldn't show up anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it was that important for us right. to be out there with our family and friends and have that camaraderie. I think if we were to ask that same question now, I think a lot of youth wouldn't be saying what we used to say.
1: There, there's a few. Yeah, there is a few. I, I know one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know one. Uh, but it
0: isn't like it was. And uh, it can get back to that in some capacity. So, uh, hey, I hear that alarm. That's the coffee maker shutting off. <laughs> All and right. It. And it also tells us uh, we've been at this for uh, a little while, but let's close this out. Let's uh, let's challenge some people out there to uh, stay frustrated because don't give up the fight. But once things improve, applaud it and keep moving forward. There's a lot of things that are worth fighting for, yeah. and um, if it means an argument or a debate with somebody without uh, getting into a uh, a situation that's not good, um, you know, physical yeah. uh, confrontation. Yeah. It's not worth that. Guys. No, it's never worth that. But it's worth uh, having a conversation with your neighbors down the road. Uh, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can improve this process along the way. And uh, for you and I, Greg, we still got a lot of, a uh, lot in the tank. We'll say, oh yeah, we're we're young, but obviously we're not doing this to improve the process for us. It's it'll be for the for the next generation. But uh, Gal, if we, uh, you know, if we just put our heads in the sand and say it ain't worth it. This it, is this is this whole thing of hunting is going to go away. Yeah, you can't put here. it away.
1: This is why this is why I'm here to talk to you, Gary. And, yeah, I appreciate um, it. You know, it's just going to get better. Yeah. So,
0: um, Greg, your I got your business card. And I'm looking at it. Of course, I've had that before. It's uh, GMK Logging, but yep. You know, I'm I flip the card over right away and and see that. I mean. You've got Ultimate Deer Setups, specializing in berming and burn berm blinds. So how can somebody get a hold of you, even if, if it's to ask to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to to have you consult to sure. them so they can approve, or they can actually hire you to come out and uh, give you an estimate, even a free estimate mm-hmm. on what you can do for their property sure. to make it from a, uh, you know, we're talking about schools, from a C-minus type of, property to a you know one of those a categories and then and they were probably the first thing they're going to say is why did i wait so long to do this
1: yeah it's uh it's it's a really good thing um real quick you can reach me at 989-213-6499 give me a call i'd love to come and okay you know come and see your property but uh, i haven't touched on it yet but when we put these berm blinds in mm-hmm. and you get in and you get out you're just bringing in so much Wildlife. I've got people that are bear hunting now. Wow! I, they're they're shooting bear on their property up in Ross Common out of these blinds. So it's a year round thing. You turkey hunt out of them. It's it's just it. You know, I look at sitting in front of the TV and watching a neat
0: program. I just soon maybe yeah. take my grandkids out into one of those berm blind berm blinds and just have a fun time with them, having them get to know what's out there. Yeah versus playing some uh, you know, computer game anyways, So Well, that's the nice thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, thanks very much for stopping down. I know you have a, a busy schedule. Here we are, though, and, and it's January. I haven't seen uh, green grass in my front yard here in Bay County like this probably since I've lived here for 37 years. Yeah. 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 Good time to be in the woods. That's right. All right, you take care, man. All right, good seeing you. You too. Well, folks... Hopefully you enjoyed that podcast with Greg Campo of GMK Logging, and he had a he had a bit of a story to tell. He probably wanted to get a couple things off his shoulders, maybe a little bit of fireworks uh, festival going on, but that's all right. He's uh, he's unafraid of uh, uh, speaking his mind when he knows when he knows it to be the truth, and uh, and that's pretty pretty awesome in today's environment. Uh, getting that uh, aspect from people, a lot of people are not willing to do that. Anyways, hey, I have a uh, little gold nugget Greg shared with me uh, He did some work on a a mutual friend of ours and a pretty good chunk of property I know what the guy paid for it and it wasn't long after he was looking to maybe sell it and between the day he bought it hired Greg to do the uh, the wildlife management for the deer and for the critters and the real estate assessor came back and said hey you've gained about 25 almost 30 percent value just because of the work that GMK logging and, and whitetail deer management uh, practices is put forth. That was an awesome thing. Hey it takes a number to kind of ring our bell, doesn't it? All right. Hey, you take care. We'll see you next time.
2: This week's podcast brought to you by Bear Feed Ritchuk Farms. Let us help you take the worry out of picking the perfect bait. The only thing you have to worry about is tagging that bear. Stop in, see all the family and check out our great selection of bear bait. feed, mybear.com.
1: Michigan Brand. Michigan Brand is a third generation, family owned and operated business out of mid-Michigan. We are known for our world famous hams, jerky, and various sausage products. You can find us all over the state of Michigan, as well as other states throughout the U.S. Check us out at MichiganBrand.net. That's MichiganBrand.net to learn more.
2: And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients' turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting.